This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Bama Online Podcast. This one, a T. Watts and TR edition of the podcast on a Tuesday, May the 31st, 2022, the final day of May 2022. Hard to believe, isn't it? Joined once again by Tim Watts, site publisher. I'm Travis Schreier, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com. Been a couple weeks for Tim and myself because Tim, you see, has been on the islands or on the island, I guess, of Maui. Was it Maui, Tim, that you and the fam paid the visit to? We went a week for Maui, and then we went a week for uh, the big island. Oh, well, damn. Big ballers. My bad. We sort of not going anywhere that far and not staying as long (laughs) as I can. That ride home alone was worth 14 Brutal, dude. Dude, Was it the flight back to Atlanta? You had to go to Atlanta out back, right? Detroit. We went to Seattle. To get oh. back, oh yeah, ours was uh, well. When I come back, I'll be honest. When I come back, our connecting is longer than the average connecting. Because I, I mean, dude, when I've been, you know, I've been on the road that long, long with these guys, right? I do not want to be stuck in Seattle or, <laughs> or anywhere with them another night in a hotel, never having missed a flight. So I don't want to end up in, you know, the shiny yeah. food. With a pickaxe, but I uh, so we we scheduled it out. But we flew to Seattle, five hour flight, old plane, right. terrible, just terrible. Then flew to uh, movies, probably didn't work. So many of these, if it's Delta these days, it seems like the movies don't work or well, the, the internet's well, you know, out. You know, it was the second Delta flight was great, the one from Detroit uh, uh, home. But the first one that was bad, the PA system. If you're watching a movie, you're listening to music. It kept going like they had a like they had making a noise like they were interrupting. Just uh, very bad. But it's a great trip. It's fun. I'd recommend Hawaii for anybody once. Um, you know, you can only take so much beauty. I think for me, I can only I can only watch the sunset. It's so too long. calm. It's too calm on the islands you went to. Oahu, you might actually like a little better because it's more metropolitan and there's a lot of crap going on. You know. Yeah, you can we have the beauty, but you can have the city feel. But I mean, the way you did it, the way you guys did it, I mean, if you want the Hawaii that's in your head, you know, that's that's the Hawaii. That what you I saw. liked about Maui is that they had a lot of raw beaches. There wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't destined. It wasn't perfect. It was raw. The sand was a little bit rougher, but it really was just around every corner. We could have rode anywhere and just hopped out and, and jumped on a beach and, uh, and uh, on the Big Island, it was a little more manufactured. We went to some man-made beaches that were perfect, very similar to Destin. Food was fantastic. The Any luau's? Was there a luau yeah, involved? We went to the famous right. one in uh, La- Lahana, I think it's called, Old Lahana Luau. 
unbelievable experience. Food was off the chain and a little bit real. You got you got real lays too with real flowers, you know, not the yeah, little plastic we, things that the kids know. loved it. I will say at the end, the uh, the the closeout's a little bit long for us. We ended up cutting out of there with the <laughs> dance left before the encore. Yeah, my youngest son was loved. We 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 liked the first song or two, and then my youngest son liked it a little longer. We were ready to go, but we uh, it was it was a fan. Yeah, it was an awesome experience. That town, Old Lahana, I think it's called, is uh, was fantastic. Very easy, you know how it is. It's a very easy place to be. It is. It's as you said though. It is a hall, dude. And uh, I've made that trip multiple times to Oahu to visit with the oldest daughter during her time out there at the university of hawaii and we got to the point where we would just drive to atlanta and catch the nonstop that they yeah. have uh and, and then you catch a red eye that you can get on coming back and um get you back into atlanta early in the morning but there, there's no real easy way and you said it if you're going to make that trip make it a trip like seven seven days isn't enough to me, I would say, and I had heard this before as well, and you probably can attest to this now yourself, is minimum 10 days if, if you're going to go all the way out there. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, we were there, you know, two weeks. Um, the time change alone. I mean, i tell you what. Oh, yeah. It, the time change. Were you waking up at like 3 o'clock in the morning for a couple of days, or did that screw you yeah. up? Because it did it to me. It does it to me every time out there. We got, We got up. Okay, because we stayed up, we sort of shifted our schedule there. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming home was a lot worse. Being there was easy to shift our schedule. What killed me was I'm such a West Coast kind of guy. At night, I'm watching late basketball. I'm watching late baseball. I'm texting my friends that are up late. And you know when they had, you know when the wife and kids go to bed. But when they were in bed by ten o'clock, pretty normal time. It was three o'clock in the states. Three or four o'clock. Everybody was asleep. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there like, what do I do? Um, you know, look around. I'll tell you, we had a surreal moment. Mother's Day, we took my wife, the kids took her out to breakfast, and it was like 8-17, and Grant Ramey from the Tennessee site texted me. He said, the Braves are up for nothing. I said, I got <laughs> to get the hell home. This is <laughs> – I'm never adjusting to this. So it was wild seeing – you know, watching the NBA basketball games in the middle – you know, 3 o'clock in the afternoon was wild. So an unbelievable trip. I'd recommend it. Um we, me, me and the wife might go back. I, you know, we'll probably never take the kids back, but great trip. Yeah. And uh, think about it this way, the time change out there. Alabama, Texas is going to kick off at 11 a.m. Central. And that means if you want to see the opening kickoff out in Hawaii, uh, you're going to need to be ready to rock at 6 a.m. That's just, how that works. I discussed that with some of the sports fans out there. They were saying, like, you know how much – we were up at 6 a.m. watching uh, – 5 a.m. watching game day. Yeah. <laughs> so much I mean, you better love it out there. And yeah. um, it looks like we're going to be making some trips back out to Oahu, by the way. I'm not going to break any of her news. I'll let her do that. But um, Absolutely. It looks it. like the oldest daughter might be headed back out to uh, – back out to Honolulu. Sure. So uh, – She's the head. Like, we'll see. We'll see. Another of your children did. <laughs> shipping one off to colorado into the week she's going out oh, there to work the uh the summer months in uh the aspen area so they're just you know they do whatever they want to do they don't you know, they just kind of do their thing but uh sounds like a great trip you didn't make it by a mcdonald's did you i mean no mcdonald's out there they 
you can get spam with your breakfast plate platters there at McDonald's. Spam was big. I think that was the biggest. I'd seen it in movies, so I knew it was true. Um, I mean, they have a whole wall at the grocery store spam. You know. Oh yeah. It's a pretty expensive place. Orange spam juice. rolls. Oh yeah. Juice was nine dollars. You know, I love the loco moco breakfast. I had a. Oh yeah, that's good. And you had the you know your rice. You got you know the patty, bacon. the beef. Yeah. Well, that's what I had the first day there. You know, it's the basically the Salisbury steak dinner with the gravy. Yeah. <laughs> I needed I needed a nap. They're like, no, it gives you energy. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I hear you on that one. That one will put you out, no doubt about it. Well, you know what else we've got? Uh, very, you walked right back into a very busy time of year. I'm sure that was by design because you've got the you got the summer enrollees joining the spring roster that we saw, or at least most of the spring roster. You had a couple of departures from that group in the time between the end of the spring semester or the spring practice and. Uh, here uh, as we approach June the 1st. And then in the coming days and weekends, uh, you're going to have official visitors, both for football and basketball. you got a basketball official visit, uh, according to the database. And our reporting from Hank South that's going to get underway um, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, June 1st through the 3rd, as Sam Walters from the Villages charter school down in central Florida set to make an official visit, a six foot eight, 180 pound power forward prospect, a four star who can apparently shoot it pretty well. But yeah, from the football perspective, Tim, there's, it's all starting to come together, I guess. Yeah. You get all these guys on campus and it's, you know, the, the schedule's changed so much. You'll have them on campus for officials. They're obviously always unofficial visits. You're also going to have kids, camping and trying to earn a scholarship we see that every single year i think i mean you know you flash back to last year who knew the name of nari Black? i remember the first time me and you discussed it i was saying i had people in alabama telling me he had a performance right up there with amari cooper and julio jones you know that's how big came out of nowhere you know kobe prentice obviously kate was another kid um that, that hadn't really been on anybody's radar up until that moment so you're gonna see some guys emerge you're gonna see some kids that you know, Alabama probably won't push for as hard after their camp performance based on, you know, work, attitude, and all that kind of stuff. We see that every every year. So we'll have, you know, it's like you say goodbye, I say hello. We're going to have guys coming and going during that camp and visitor season. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing, as you alluded to, how times have changed. And you know, we've done this together with BOL for damn near 20 years. And I remember not too long ago, we were digging for, for stuff to content was difficult to sort of come up with. Not anymore, not with the literal year round recruiting cycle to go along with the transfer portal now. And, um, you know, a big change too, that we've talked about here in the past was it wasn't always the case that, you know, guys were on scholarship essentially year round. Now there was a break after the spring semester where, okay, if you want to go to summer school, stay on campus and work out, uh, you had to pay your own way, you know, for for the summer portion of, of courses, and the NCA changed that. Probably, gosh, it's probably been 15 years now or so since they changed that. It really moved the start date for the college football year from early August to really Memorial Day weekend, because that's when we see, uh, you know, the returning roster really come back in full, and then. Uh, these summer enrollees. And I talked with Charlie Potter about the summer enrollees uh, last week here on the podcast, Tim. And man, you know, the thing we do, the crime or 
the mistake we seem to make is we get so caught up in these early enrollees because we get to see them, you know, in, in the 8A game and, and things like that, that it's, it's simple to sort of just not give enough thought to the summer enrollees and, and not yeah. just from a perspective of high school guys. Now you've got a junior college player that's joined this mix. You've got the, the transfers that are obviously uh, on the offensive side expected to be a big part of things. So uh, you, you can't overlook these guys. Give me a couple of guys from that perspective that you're, you're anticipating a, a good bit. I agree with you. I'm as bad as anybody about saying, because it's such a huge benefit to be a mid-year. I don't think there's any denying that. And I've always maintained, I don't even really care about the A-Day like other people. To me, it's getting acclimated to college life. That you've got that slowest time of the year for a football player is basically January, February, March, April, May. you got that time to get acclimated to where is your class, where is your, you know, where are you living, get acclimated to the school where you're not doing it. You hit the ground in August. You got practice, you got tutoring, you got school, you got everything happening at once. You got a million uh, grown up looking girls all of a sudden on campus with you. So you did where you sort of everything happens at once. So I'm as bad as anybody sort of forgetting those guys, how talented they are. But you're absolutely right. We've seen guys come in late. Malachi Moore did it his freshman year when nobody's really talking about him and, you know, beat out some guys who'd been there earlier. But, you know, when I look at these guys coming in this summer, the one that stands out to me is the most is Isaiah Bond. And, you know, again, you go to wide receiver, polished, route running, blocking, so important in Alabama. But Isaiah has that speed, man. I mean, if you're looking for a guy who can you can throw the ball deep to, as far as Bryce can throw it, this guy can run under it. He's going to be very similar to what we saw with Jamison Williams, uh, very similar to what we saw with Smitty, a guy that can run under a ball. It's going to be hard to, to get it out over his head. World-class speed. Um, again, he's going to be raw. He's definitely going to be raw. He's going to have to learn, um, you know, on a pretty accelerated pace to get out there. But at the same time, you've probably got a couple plays that you can put in your playbook for a guy like that. You know, I don't think he has to know the playbook that well to go, go deep. Um, another guy that I want I'm really looking forward to seeing is, uh, as, uh, Kobe Prentice and Shaz Preston. There's two of them on the offensive side. Yeah. The wide receiver group. It sounds like you're, you're really zoomed in on here. You got, you got, you got, they got opportunities there. I think that's the first mm-hmm. Alabama. The biggest thing isn't just your talent, it's your opportunity. And those guys have opportunities there. Um, Amari Nyblak, I'm really interested to see. Freaky type athlete. Loved his film, loved his size, loved his measurables. He's a guy on defense, Earl Little Jr. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that has a chance to play. He's got a lot of that Pat Sertain vibe to him you know this very quiet recruiting in the you know during the recruiting process knew where he wanted to go comes from that same uh same line down there in south florida very serious guy he's going to be very very polished yeah i don't think there's any doubt about that when you talk about bloodlines and just how they develop players at the program that he comes from there's no denying that a lot of those guys if not all of those guys have showed up about as college ready as you possibly can. And the transfer portal, I think eases some of the anxiety or some of the pressure you might have on some of these guys otherwise, because I think you said it for Isaiah bond polish because he is coming from the high school ranks. He was a tremendous player at Buford high school. No one, uh, you go look at the tape and you, you talked about the speed and, uh, he's a football player with great speed. So he's not coming in as more of a track guy. Whereas, 
Uh, you know, Tyler Harrell coming in from Louisville as a grad transfer, that's that probably helps Isaiah Bond, whereas you might look at it from the outside and say, well, you know, Tyler Harrell coming in with the speed and he's been around for four years at this level and you know, that might make reps difficult to come by for Isaiah Bond. Well, it, it also might you know, allow him a more reasonable rate at which he can come along. So uh, you're protecting yourself both as a offense by having the best of both worlds, I would say, in that particular scenario, Tim. But I think you can also help Isaiah Bond again make that adjustment and, and, and be able to develop at a reasonable pace. Yeah, and a guy like Tyler's probably going to have some advice for him, some life lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, guys that run that fast are in a small group. You know, it's like it's like two unicorns running into each other at the mall. There's only so many guys. Everybody thinks they're fast. Those guys are crazy fast. So he might have some advice for him, somebody to look up to, somebody to watch, somebody to sort of mimic and uh, follow what he does. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's a win-win there. You know what else? It's that time of year for too, right? These quarterback camps, retreats. We saw Bryce Young, Jalen Milrow out in Southern California over the weekend at the Steve Clarkson, I believe, quarterback retreat. And then you got the Manning Passing Academy coming up in late June, which Bryce uh, is expected to be a part of. So uh, interesting to see Milrow's inclusion. I think that's one of the aspects of this offense that is going to be fascinating to watch play out over the course of the season. I think the expectation is, Tim, for Jalen Milrow to go into camp as the clear-cut number two to Bryce Young, but I think there is certainly the potential for Ty Simpson to assert himself and, again, maybe more so over the course of the season, state his case for becoming the next guy up at the quarterback spot. Yeah, I think the advantage you get with Milrow is there's got to be plays you can put in for him. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw it some last year. I mean, the guy, it's it's. I'm, I know I'm not the only one. His his athleticism, his speed, his size. I really, I really just want to see the guy on the field. You know, I mean, obviously you got Bryce out there and um, you know doing his thing, but I still think there's opportunities for Jalen to get snaps and get reps. Ty's going to be a polished guy, more of a polished passer guy. Another guy that can pull it down and run, as we mentioned the last, with the you know with the Eli Holstein podcast, you've got guys that can pull it down and run now. Bryce, you know, you know, never been given enough credit for being able to do that simply because he prefers not, you know, they prefer for him not to do it. But you got a bunch of guys that can pull it down and run now. We know how deadly that can be. Yeah, these guys are what you call erasers because they can correct a lot of mistakes in other aspects of your offense if your pass protection isn't always uh, adequate they can certainly cover for that with their ability to move and also while extending plays they can help receivers get that separation when plays break down so quarterback always a hot topic regardless of the time of year um you got you know, something else I wanted to get with you on, too, because the Braves off to a really kind of rough start after winning the World Series last season. Hangovers among title teams in sports history. Man, it just seems like here recently we've seen a good bit of those. Not that the Braves still don't have plenty of time to sort of turn it around, even after Monday's loss um, to the Diamondbacks, now nine and a half back of the NL East leading New York Mets. But Oh, I know we talked about it before the podcast, Alabama, you know, it's first national title team under Nick Saban had a, a bit of a 
of a hangover, it seemed, uh, a decade plus or so. Yeah, I think it's worse when you have a team that had a drought. So, like, Alabama 2009 had been a little drought since their last championship. The Braves had been, you know, uh, plenty of time between their last championships. So, I think that you get that feeling, you you know, you know, you enjoy it so much. I think you see these guys celebrating, and all of a sudden they're doing commercials, and they're, you know, they've played on a national stage, and everybody's seen them. And this, this goes to everybody. I mean, the Lakers after the bubble, I mean, there's a lot of teams. So really, to me, you appreciate the teams that can go back-to-back. The Golden State Warriors, the Yankees, I think, were the last team to go back-to-back. I think they three-peated, possibly, was the last team to do, was a very last. I think they three-peated, in fact, the Yankees. So you appreciate those teams a little bit more, you know, the Patriots that are com- they're competitive every year. But, yeah, I think it's there's a natural instinct to relax. Saban talks about it all the time, basically one season to the next season to the next season. Uh, we've seen him talk about that all the time, the natural, the natural, do you still want it? Are you still hungry? Um, that's one of the things I was impressed about Alabama's team last year, the football team. I didn't necessarily think they were going to make a championship run last year. Mm-hmm. I thought there were some, you know, some things they, you know, a lot of questions going into the season, especially wide receiver and stuff like that. So they showed that hunger coming off that team who also that Mac Jones team, that Smitty team who showed a lot of hunger in them that when they all came back. Yeah. You look at LSU 2019, <laughs> that, that hangover continued for a couple of years uh, after that national championship. Uh, win for the Tigers, uh, the Bucks in the NBA last year uh, won the title, and I don't think they made the the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Um, so those are some examples. Hell, what about Mississippi State baseball? Win the College World Series last year, didn't make it to Hoover this year. So uh, forget about missing out on a regional, which unfortunately for Alabama that was the case this time around as well. But at least Alabama made it back to Hoover. You know, after last season and Mississippi State uh, going through a little bit of a, a hardball hangover at the, the college level. So you mentioned the Warriors, the Lakers. we got the NBA Finals set. No LeBron, no problem from my viewpoint. Tim, I'll take this uh, I'll take this Celtics-Warriors final. It's just fine with me. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, it was hard. You know, watching the NBA playoffs, it was so – I mean, the Eastern Conference was so physical. I mean, dude, they were – it was a very the way the referees let them play and it makes sense i mean when you look at those guys out there you got marcus smart you got pj tucker you got good defensive guys obviously you got guys who can score but i mean jason tatum can defend jimmy butler can defend uh you got all those guys big bam and jalen brown it to me was just so physical compared to the rest kind of old school wasn't it yeah And I think this played out as well. I mean, I don't have a dog in the fight with either of these teams. I think this played out as well as the Golden State can want it. You know, they're the older guys. They've been a little bit injured and banged up this year and in the past. They got quite an extensive break getting here. Um, I mean, they haven't played in a while. It's been over a week, it feels like, and they don't start till Thursday. So for Golden State, I think that worked out great for them. Boston, what a weird series where the team, basically the home team couldn't win. I mean, it feels like I think the last four or five games, they volleyed back and forth with the road team winning. But, uh, you know, a great game. Jalen, you know, obviously Tatum is going to be at that next level. He's going to that next level of stardom. Superstar. Yeah. 23 years old. It feels like he's 35. You know what I mean? It felt like he was at Duke with J.J. Redick. You know, it it seems so long ago. Yeah, it feels like he's just been in the league forever. I mean, although it's not true. um, 
But yeah, it's going to be a good matchup. I think it's going to be, you know, you got a very, you know, you got a very good offense over there. Draymond Green's the X factor. Clay's back, <clears throat> great player. But man, these Celtics play defense. They play hard. They get after it. You know, they need a big to step up like Robert Williams. But I'm looking forward to this series. Could be a couple of Draymond ejections maybe in this series. Yeah. With yeah, the way the Celtics like to mix it up, you think? Yeah, they'll uh, him and Mark. I can see him and Mark is smart, definitely <laughs> heading for the tunnels. You know what I mean? Oh gosh, yeah, it's going to challenge me, man, because I'm kind of in the mode that that you're often in, and that's sort of streaming mode with the Netflix and the HBO Maxes and the uh, Prime Video and all those things. I've been I've been into it. I watched the George Carlin doc on uh hbo max i'm behind i gotta see that he said that's you if you if you if you if you dig some george carlin he's just uh, a guy he's a me but i mean dude you're talking about and that's a smart dude he said things that were going to happen are happening and that's that's what is they don't make it a point to point that out but they just let you watch it and see it for yourself yeah and uh yeah it's it's pretty good and then you know miles uh Teller, the actor, he's in the uh, he's in the new Top Gun, which we'll maybe hit on a little bit here later. In the mailbag coming up in just a little bit, um, he plays Rooster, uh, the son of the late Goose, uh, in this latest Top Gun movie. But he's in this series, The Offer. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, he plays the role of the the producer of The Godfather, Al Ruddy. And it's a series on the making of The Godfather from the perspective of Al Ruddy, the producer of the movie, who is portrayed by this Miles Teller. Very good. I would recommend that as well. Yeah, we got back. We were behind on some shows. We caught up on We Own This City, which was a pretty good, mm-hmm. true, wild, true story. Had a lot of the cast, if you're a fan of The Wire. There was a lot of the lot of the cast from The Wire in this. Pretty interesting. But um, I got to see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good show. It's based on a true story. I remember it. Uh, we finished it last night. Last night was the finale, a true story about some Baltimore police officers who basically robbed the, the drug dealers. Um, huh, imagine that. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> there's a lot of it's very lucrative, but uh, they frown on it heavily if you're caught. So I'm not spoilers, <laughs> no spoilers, but yeah, absolutely some great shows out there. Let's get into the mailbag, man. Let's go ahead and do it right there on the roundtable at BamaOnline.com. Always appreciate folks chiming in, helping us out here with some comments, questions. You never know what you're going to get in the roundtable mailbag for the Bama Online podcast. We'll start with JLR. He gets right to it. No foreplay with JLR. Favorite official visitor in June, Tim. Who's that? That's so hard to, you know. I got to ask you this. Are we still are we still working on the assumption, at least, that with the commitment of Eli Holstein, and we talked about this on his commitment podcast, that the two other quarterbacks that were scheduled to visit Alabama officially, Dylan Lonergan, and then also, of course, Arch Manning, are we still working on the assumption that those visits are going to come off? Now, I'm pretty sure Dylan's camp said they were coming. Now, with Arch, I, you know, I've been told he is coming. To me, the funniest thing is about recruiting and I covered is the, <laughs> you know, the quick reaction. So Eli Holstein commits, and then 30 people report within an hour. 
Arch is still coming. He's in the middle of the day, a school day. Kids mm. probably in chemistry class or some stuff. And they, we know he's coming, you know. But I will say this. Pete Golden handled that recruiting, that recruitment for Eli and Arch. So I doubt the commitment of Eli was a surprise to Arch Manning when he uh, when he set his visit. I don't think anybody was caught off guard there. Uh, I feel like Pete, who's one of the best recruiters Alabama has, made probably the best, perhaps, probably feels like he's going to land them both. I mean, this is a confident guy there, although we know the odds are long. So I think he's probably expected to visit. Now, that obviously could change and don't want to waste our time and all that stuff. But Eli, I mean, we discussed this on his breaking pod. I mean, there's that kid. That kid. That kid ain't worried at right. all about whether Arch is coming or Dylan's coming or he's not worried if Peyton Manning's coming, you know, or, or you know, or, or Eli Manning. I think the guy's very confident and likes. I think he feeds off that challenge. So uh, it won't be because of Eli they don't come. Yeah, I'll go ahead and give you my favorite June visitor. Uh, Ruben Bain, simply because of uh, the nickname. Ruben Hurricane Bain. You got to love that. And he's from Miami Central, uh, a rocket from Miami Central. So I always side with the Dade County kids. For me, a lot, I mean, I, you know, I really want to see if Alabama can make a move for five star Brandon Ennis from South yeah. Florida. That's this weekend, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's coming right up. Richard Young's coming in. Five-star running back. I tell you, a guy like a lot is Caleb Downs. I think he's further down the road a little bit in June. But five-star defensive back from Georgia, big-time prospect, love his film. Um, you know, they've got so many guys coming in, it's hard to pick a favorite. It feels like, you know, it feels like Hugh Hefner picking a Friday night date, you know, but back in the day. But um, I think, you know, those three guys stand out to me because they're so good. You didn't really see a big time wide receiver signed or a corner or a running back signed the last couple of years. Oh, Emmanuel Henderson's a guy that's coming in. <clears throat> I'm really excited about, <clears throat> excuse me, in the spring because I love that guy as an athlete. I, mm. I, they've got to figure out what they've got to do with him, where he's going to go, what he's going to do. But a lot of options there, a good kid, um, you know, with them long, high cut kids too. So he's another spring guy I meant to mention earlier. Seems a little unusual. In the summer, I don't know, maybe it's happened, but bringing in a junior college wide receiver in in June on an official visit in Malik Benson. Now, I think it's interesting, too, with Malik Benson, same junior college, apparently, that produced Miles Kitzelman, uh, the the tight end that, uh, you know, Alabama went with here late uh, to bring in with the 2022. So. I find that pretty interesting that, that a junior college, it must be really, really good, I guess is the point, if Alabama's in this early with the JUCO. Absolutely. They've got a great list. I mean, it's, there's a lot happening. This used to be the, you know, this this list, some version of this used to be what January looked like. Yeah. You know, no after doubt. they finished the BCS or their championship run or, um, you know, the or SEC championship or whatever. This is a, this is a, you know, this is an impressive list coming up. This is the heart of their class coming up. No doubt about that. So let's head back into the mailbag, see what we've got here. Bama Hoops Season wants to know, which of the basketball newcomers do you believe is being overlooked? And who are some of the 2023 names to look out for? Well, we mentioned one of those guys earlier taking an official visit, set to take an official visit. To Alabama and Sam Walters, the 6'8 forward, who apparently another one of these face-up forwards 
who can shoot the three ball. So that certainly fits the bill of what Nate Oates and his staff typically look for at just about every position, let alone uh, the perimeter. So what about the newcomers, though, Tim, that Alabama is welcoming in? There's there's a number. When you consider transfers, you consider that outstanding recruiting class that Oates and his staff have put together. Uh, maybe one that isn't being talked about enough. You know, I talked about him early on. I love Ryland uh, Griffin. Mm-hmm. I love his game. He's that he's that two three combo guy. I love to watch play basketball. Six four to six six. Good athlete. Can shoot. It can dunk. He's got enough handle that he's dangerous. Can get to the basket if he needs to. I think a lot of the you know a lot of the fans sort of picked up on him. He was the one nobody was talking about. I think now Jalen Bradley, oddly enough, even though he's a five star, I don't think we talk about him enough. He's a facilitator. That's going to be very important for Alabama. You got guys like Nick Pringle. I love Nick Pringle. I know he's a junior college guy, junior college guys. I know that, you know, he's a former transfer. Uh, I love the fact that he's long and he's athletic and he can run the floor. I and he him. will, and he will dunk on you. He, you will, his <laughs> he will challenge that rim on both ends. Uh, I think he's an underappreciated aspect of this class. He looks a little tough. Looks like he plays a little bit angry. You know, I don't think he's quiet when he, when he, uh, when he imposes his will on you. I think that's going to be a you know a big player Alabama needs down there. Obviously, the transfers. Brandon Miller's a you know freaky type athlete. I mean, you know, you could talk about him all day. And um, but you know, I think of Ryland. We didn't really talk about early on, and then we sort of picked up the pace with him. But now Jalen, I don't hear as much about Noah Clowney is the one I know the least about. Um, but I know he's got a big frame, a big body. Probably going to need a year or two really to develop into what he's going to be physically. But, you know, another, that was a big signing when Alabama got him. So, you know, really good class. A lot of guys to look for. you got to like Mark Sears, who's a guy that's going to come in and be able to play in the backcourt with Jalen. So there's a lot of guys there to like. You know, it's going to have a di- – I personally think this team's going to have a different vibe than last year. Last year, as we talked about it, just a little bit off, a little bit missing, a little bit passive. Um, you know, even J.D. was, you know, sort of on that shy side on the basketball court. I don't think you're going to get a lot of this with this guys, these guys. I think you're going to get a good mixture of blue-collar and high-profile guys. So it's going to be interesting to watch these guys. Yeah, with the portal and the prep guys, it almost feels in some ways like some of the stuff we've seen with football. Like we talked about Tyler Harrell and, you know, the the young speed receivers – um, that Alabama has coming in at that position um, when you think about Isaiah Bond. So uh, for a young, talented guy with that sort of skill set, they also have an experienced guy. Similar in basketball with you know Bradley coming in at the point, but then you also have an experienced guy in Mark Sears coming in. You recently pick up Dominic Welch, a 6'5 guard from St. Bonaventure, a experienced college player and you know, you've got Ryland Griffin coming in. So you're kind of pairing up some positions. It looks like with both um, the guys are talented, whether they're new or experienced, but uh, you got a little bit of both there at some of those spots with this Alabama roster for the upcoming season goes to Bryant better chance of winning Maverick in an old F 14 against a fifth generation fighter or Nick Saban giving up 10 years and several inches of reach to Jimbo Fisher in a cage match. I'm not going to do any spoilers here with that first bit from uh, Ghost of Bryant with Top Gun because you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, have you, Tim? No. I've got okay. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to do that. No. I will say this. 
I, mean, I, enjo- I enjoyed this Top Gun more than I did the one, say, I mean, like, I when be- I was 16. I believe people that say that, friends of mine like you and other guys who've seen it said it, it's beyond my comprehension that we can like this one more than the other one, although I believe it. I was in a different place, though. I'm not necessarily saying the movie's better. I'm just saying as a 16-year-old who was taking his 16-year-old girlfriend so she could just, you know, check out the eye candy, you know, let's be honest, back then with Tom Cruise and those cats, with Val Kilmer. Come on, man. That's what that original was. Not that Kelly McGinnis and, you know, some of the females in the movie were. It was so good on the big screen. I mean, it was. This is too, though. If you didn't come out of there wanting to join the Navy or trying to talk your mom into getting you a ninja motorcycle that does 180 <laughs> miles an hour, you didn't see the damn movie. Crotch rocket. Yeah. Oof. I remember my mom and I arguing vehemently about not getting me getting a motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, which was a one-sided argument because I had no job. I was 15. But nevertheless, uh, yeah, I'd been dead now. So I, lo- I love the fact that they did it and did it right. We've seen a lot of terrible – Terrible remakes. And that's it's a, a worthy sequel. I'll 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 say hard, that for sure. It's worthy, and that's that's, that's saying a lot because of what you just said. Absolutely, it's hard to do because our our expectations are so high for that movie, and we've seen it. We I mean, we saw Point Break remake. We've seen remakes or reversions of this, and they butchered a lot of the classics we had growing up. Yeah, uh, but obviously, you know, this I've heard nothing but good reviews, so I'm excited to see it. Yeah, and now and the, they've got this thing formatted now for IMAX with That's, Dolby Sound. I mean, it's just so different how you can consume it, you know, compared to the original too. See it in the theater at least once. That's what they kept saying. It's the first time I've been to a theater in probably four years, Tim. Wow. Was Sunday night to see this movie. And uh, apparently Tom Cruise's first $100 million opening weekend movie. Now, look. Ticket prices, right? I, that that was a little bit of a, a shock to me. What movie ticket price? I didn't think it was totally out of line, but it was it was for three of us to do movie and concession stand and not really go crazy. Um, it was ninety bucks for three. It was thirty ahead, you know. That's that's wild. Yeah. To to and I'm not talking about. I'm talking about a small popcorn, couple of small bottled waters. Some uh, junior mints and here's some peanut M and M's. Here's where you're missing the cargo shorts. <laughs> Load those baby up with Peter Brook too, I right? I'm Napoleon Dynamite my way to the theater. I fill a pocket with tater tots. I fill a pocket with popcorn. <laughs> I got it. I got. I don't have a small. I got a large popcorn of these bad boys. Uh huh. Yeah, I've I've I I I have been known in a, in previous years. To uh, swing by the Peterbrook and then load up on the chocolate yeah, and then in we go with it, you know. The biggest concern is whether it melts. Wear a sweatshirt with the pocket on the front, you know, just stuff that thing. Absolutely. You know? uh, no doubt. Um, but as far as Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, that's an obvious storyline for this week because you got SEC spring meetings taking place down in Destin. Uh, Greg Sankey. I guess behind closed doors, it could get animated at the Sandestin Hilton. But Greg Sankey isn't going to let anything happen outside of those conference rooms this week involving Nick Saban 
and uh, Jimbo Fisher, I don't think. Jim, I mean, I think Jimbo's doing his stuff. You know, the the outraged, uh, you know, the, the you know social media and the, you know press releases and all that. I don't think there's any chance they actually fight or, <laughs> or even argue. You know what I mean? Even argue. I mean, what right. are you about Jimbo? I mean, it's these these players they signed were telling their story. Yeah, this isn't something people. This isn't the old. Hey, I heard so and so's mama. No. You know, bag dropped on the porch. This isn't blue chips. No, these kids are proud. Tractor in the front yard. These kids are proud of what they got. Shit, they're telling their shop. What's that? Shop your offer. I mean, they're getting this. <laughs> you match that. I mean, it's like buying a new car. I don't even. Uh, I've never understood this. This has been. This happened in a white. And I, it, Jimbo, Jimbo should have should have had fun with it really and just said well i'm i'm glad we're i'm glad we're getting into nick's head apparently we're we're, we're affecting nick you know all I mean? this looks like is like nick's in his head and he is yeah yeah he, you think nick didn't sleep that night thou thou pro- protest too much nick, right this nick slept like the baby like yep. a baby the next week jimbo yep. slept since that <laughs> since how about Dion? yeah i'm gonna answer this tomorrow now we're good yeah <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Obviously, Saban and Dion talked to each other, um, so I know that wasn't that big a deal. And, you know, I mean, to me, it's still, it's still to me, is the most wildest. I mean, it's to me, it's just. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's just. Then crazy. you got the Lane Kiffin, you know, you know he's himself get- in. You knew, and you knew Steve Spurrier at some point was was going to come in emeritus. You know, I he's kind of the lot of talking season commissioner emeritus. I haven't heard a lot of Jimbo defenders in the coaching ranks, you know. You really haven't. No. We got the unnamed coach in the athletic say, you know what? What do you, why are you, you're not even working for Saban. Why are you unnamed? Mm-hmm. Unveil yourself. He had a whole story about all this, an unnamed guy who worked in the office. Unveil yourself. <laughs> you don't work in Alabama. What does it matter? Oh gosh, Bama man for JC here in the roundtable mailbag asks, "What new scheduling format do you favor when Oklahoma and Texas come into the SEC? Do you like the idea of say four fourteen pods, or would you like to see three permanent opponents for each team, and then rotating the rest of the league for the other five, or maybe it's going to be six? Uh, conference games if this thing goes to nine league games i like it going to nine league games myself tim is what i would prefer and i would like to keep at least two permanent um opponents that way you can keep say like tennessee and auburn for alabama and then i love the idea of rotating the rest of the league because it shouldn't be 10 years between visits for say alabama to a place like florida right or georgia having not even made the trip to College Station yet. And that's about to happen. How in the world is Alabama and Florida playing so little? I mean, if it wasn't for the SEC championship games, I mean, how many times have they played? Not many, which is ridiculous. Florida's a great football program. Alabama's a great football program. What you just said there, I remember when LSU went to College Station, I think Florida went the first year too. It was amazing, the atmosphere. So how is Georgia – not getting to experience that, or the Texas A&M players getting to experience Athens. That seems like such a lost, such a missed opportunity for two really good football programs. 
rotate their ass. Let's play. Yeah. See them play. I think we're going to – it sounds like there's going to be a one permanent or a three permanent. So I'm not going to get my two. But, I, I mean, I'm, I'm good with the rotating regardless, I, however it plays out. Well, I don't, I'd like, if Oklahoma and Texas are in the SEC, obviously they are, they should be playing Alabama. What about what – about, here's the thing, though, with the one permanent. If you're Texas, is it going to be OU or A&M? I, I, to me, I want Texas, Texas A&M going again. It's what I really want. But I, I, I would hate to lose out on Texas, Oklahoma. I mean, that's that's a brand rivalry. I mean, how branded rivals. Alabama, Tennessee, not going to be a, a every year deal. Or Emma Auburn. That's absurd. You know, to me. So I, I, I to answer, I guess more of the the question we had, I, I'd rather it be the three permanent. That way, I, I know I keep. Three. I'd rather three than one, but I would prefer two if I had my druthers. Yeah. Yeah, two would be my choice right there in the middle in the sweet spot, kind of. But if it's one or three permanent, give me three. And then, uh, it, which nicks me on the other end because I like as many rotating opponents as I can get. Seems like two and six or two and seven would be just right, but uh, doesn't sound like that's going to that's gonna come out of the, the, uh, the event this week. So, Touch that thing four in the Bama Online he knows. round table. Uh, All mailbag. Up. He wants to know how many pockets on Tim's cargo shorts did he utilize this weekend? How many? All of them. My man will ride. He's a ride or die when it comes to his cargos. I just don't understand. So y'all can, y'all can keep coming at him in the I, mailbag. And when like. Said if you get he just goes out and buys two more pairs every time y'all do this. So I can talk that shit, but when you get shot <laughs> and you need somebody to stitch you up, come see. Wait, you've got you've got the 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 materials in your cargos to be able to. I got snacks if you're hungry. <laughs> if you got bad breath, you meet a girl at the beach. I'm your wingman. I'm your. Oh, uh, he's got Home Depot. In his cargos. I got. I never have had a dead battery. Why everybody makes jokes? <laughs> okay, I've never had a phone go. Oh shoot! I'm at one. I'm at ninety nine here. Right. <laughs> I got so I got chargers on chargers on chargers. Stacks on stacks on stacks. My boy touched that thing for. He knew that though. Yeah, he likes to have some fun with you on that. Philly to Bama in the mailbag here. I have a feeling one of the summer enrollee wide receivers is going to be an instant impact guy. Just feel like Alabama's due for one. Who would you think is most likely to be that guy this year? I think we went over a good bit of that because I know you love Isaiah Bond. You've been consistent with that. But Chaz Preston, um, you've also got Kobe Prentice in that mix. We talked about Tyler Harrell. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's a hell of a group to, to choose from, but uh, the summer enrollee certainly. I think, as you said earlier, there's opportunity there. Absolutely, we just got yeah. I just think the speed. To me, speed gets you on the field. I mean, we saw it with Rugs. You know, early on in his career, was still learning to be a pilot. You got to remember, Rugs was a guy who was a quarterback and played all those positions in high school. So he really had a ways to go from learning to block. Although the effort was there from that guy. Um, so that speed gets you on the field. So you give a lot of effort, you speed a gunner. We'll see you on special teams. How are these guys not going to be the guys, you know, the guy gunning, you know, running down the field, you know, you know, defending the punts and that kind of stuff. 
Gump and two four seven sticking with receiver types and guys that we had talked about and you had talked about specifically earlier in the podcast wants to know any chance Nye Black makes an instant impact at that spot in the 2022 season. I mean, I think it's possible. I mean, he's a guy, he's a big guy, had good good hands from the video I saw. Um, again, a freaky type athlete. You know, it's a guy you'd probably get in there and run some plays specifically for him, how much of a blocker he is, how willing he is to block. Might not be as important. I mean, you got Robbie Woods coming back. you got the transfer coming in um, to help block him. So, yeah, I can see him being a, a that wide receiver threat, uh, similar to what Jaleel Billingsley should have been and, and was at time from that athletic standpoint. He is a guy that can run. He is a guy that can get open. And, uh, you know, all reports have him having good hands. So I think it's possible. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I think a couple things that could work against the tight ends in general is that, you know, Alabama went to the portal twice at wide receiver. And with Burton and Harrell, you figure those two guys are going to be heavily involved on a down-by-down basis. You hope that Ja'Cory Brooks is in a position health-wise where he can do the same. Even if he isn't, you've got these slot types now that you've accumulated, right, that can certainly get on the field a good bit. And then even at the running back position, which Amir Gibbs coming in and his versatility, the different things you can do with him, uh, they have an opportunity to be extremely, extremely multiple between 11 personnel, between even maybe 21 personnel with two backs on the field together because of Gibbs. Um, and then obviously the, the sort of standard 12 personnel with the two tight ends potential for a lot of different looks, but, you know, if you're nigh black and as you said, you come in and show that you're at least a willing blocker, you know, that that's as important as anything because a lot of these guys, they haven't had to do it yeah, uh, at the high school level. And a lot of times nigh black was lined up, you know, outside of wide split it out. Yeah. Yeah. You know how that can go. I do not want to get out of here without discussing Ray Liotta. Oh uh, man. The last one. bag. I mean, pour one out. Kind yeah. of shocking. You know, you know, it was kind of shocking that he was 67. I didn't know that. You know, it was one of those where you had to talk, you had to check the uh, the legitimacy of the the tweet. Like you know, I, he was yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. They'll 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 kill you. On I mean, he was sixty seven, but it was as you said, it was so sort of out of left field. You know, yeah. and when you when you connect him as an actor, you just do it. You tether him. To well, Goodfellas. I had just seen him. There's a show on Amazon Prime called Anna. I had just seen him. It's about a young girl who's a spy, and they they have a, they they take young girls who are abandoned and they they make them spies. And he was running the camp as the heavy in that show. I had just seen. We just finished that show four or five months ago. So I mean, had no idea this was coming. I mean, sort of took the guy for granted. I mean, this you know when I look back at his work. I mean, yeah, give it to me. The guy could laugh and look like the most heinous or the most fun laugh ever. You know, like his good fun right. laugh was the best. Or he could look at you and laugh and make yeah. you, think, you know, just scare the crap out of you. So um, went through, went to watch some more of his movies. I went and watched, uh, you know, one of my favorites was Copland. I watched that two nights mm-hmm. after he was just a you know, great actor. You know, he's a great actor. Yeah, The Many Saints in Newark. Uh, here recently yeah uh, he's really good and um i thought he was great and blow as uh johnny depp's dad because 
it was a different Ray Liotta in that role. He played such a straight, right? And Rachel Griffiths, who played the mother, was just an absolute terror. You know, she was rough, but she she was outstanding in that role as well. So, I mean, it always starts with Goodfellas with Ray Liotta. It, it, it can't not. I mean, not only was he a lead in the movie, um, I mean, he narrated it. I mean, it was his voice throughout the movie telling the story. So, Goodfellas to me, not just the movie, but the scene that stands out to most to me about that guy is in Goodfellas where he goes across the street. Yep. Finds out the dude across the streets being a smart ass and treating her wrong. Pistol whips this dude in front of his <laughs> friends and family. Walks across the street, hands her the gun, covered right. in blood, you know, like hide this. I mean, it was just such a savage, savage, savage role. And I'll tell you, he's, he's hilariously funny in uh, Something Wild, which is an older one with Jeff Daniels. Um uh, it's an older one with Jeff Daniels and uh, Melanie Griffith, where he's a bad guy in that, but he's a young guy. He's wild. He's you know earringed up. He's wearing you know the the, the sleeveless shirt. Uh, so many good movies that he's in. yeah. I, I just didn't have him going before Petty De Niro or Scorsese in that group. Absolutely, you know? absolutely, absolutely not. I'll tell you one more role I love is Unlawful Entry. He is a complete psychopath in that as a runaway cop. Messing with uh, um, Kurt Russell and uh, with him about his wife. So, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's just, you know, 67 is not old anymore. Terrible. Um, but, you know, what a body of work he left behind. Good guy. And I know that caught, you know, there's been a lot of deaths, but that that caught a lot of people off guard. So, yeah, it was good to see the love for him. And let's don't forget <laughs> Wild Hogs. I don't know if you've seen that, but it is a – I don't know why I can't pass that thing when it's on TV, but it's the <laughs> I haven't stuff. seen it. Never it, saw Wild Hogs. You know, you know, it's, it's John Travolta, it's Martin Lawrence, it's uh, it the it's the motorcycle movie, right? Yeah, yeah there's right. there's old guys riding around Travolta, Tim Allen, Lawrence, and uh, William H Macy. Peter Fonda does a dive in. You know, fourteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, Tim. Dude, That's... you know what? You know, eighty six percent of y'all suck. But 83% it shows like the movie, 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Every movie doesn't have to be. If you are entertained, <laughs> the stupidity, it is a good movie. Shit, I don't understand. Everything doesn't have to be an Oscar with a soundtrack. These are four. Think of this. You basically have a biker game. Rotten Tomatoes, it got one out of five. Who? Rotten Tomatoes. They're Rotten Tomato. Their site's a Rotten Tomato. <laughs> I give their site one out of five. But on Amazon.com, the viewers, like you're saying, gave it 4.7. That's my people. Out of five. 4. Yeah, 4. So oh, you're yeah. right. That's my people. It's just mindless stupid. It's like that No movie. middle ground with wild hogs. It's, it's like Lake Placid to me. That's silly movie about a crocodile and Bill Pullman and them trying to catch Well, it. mine's Hollywood Nights from yeah, you know, that's 100 saying. years ago. You know so. What? People yeah. have those movies they love, the stupid movies they love, and won't admit it because yeah. they're embarrassed. But I'm a guy in cargo shorts. I don't care. <laughs> if I had a hog, I'd be a wild hog in cargo shorts. In one of your pockets. Yeah. yeah. That's where I'd keep it. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's a, it, we don't like to get out of here on a downer, but absolutely, it, it need to be said about the late, great Ray Liotta. Anything else, Tim? 
No, I mean it's, it's we'll have a lot of news here coming up, um, yeah. some stuff coming up. So you guys stick around with the visitors and, um, you know, the, you know the transfer portal and everything else is going to be happening. Baseball is going to have some news popping off here, I'm sure. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, Owen Diodati apparently, according to a post from Charlie Potter just a few moments ago, on the roundtable has entered the transfer portal from yeah. Brad Bohannon's team. So uh, Ideal. not much of a factor down the stretch, unfortunately. So we'll see what his next move entails for the veteran outfielder. Tim, always a lot of fun. Always appreciate everybody helping out with the roundtable mailbag. Thank you, folks. Yeah. And uh, hang out with us, as Tim said, at, at BamaOnline.com because so much coming up with visits and um, – you know, offers and camps and all those things uh, right there with us at BamaOnline.com. So for Tim Watts, Travis Schreier, thanking you once again for joining us here on the Bama Online Podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, it's as simple as a click or two. Wherever you consume podcasts, you will find us. And if you would leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate that as well. Enjoyed it, Tim. Same to you guys. See you on the roundtable. And thank you, Travis. Yes, absolutely. See you on the round table for Tim Travis. Once again, until next time. So long, everybody. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can waste another weekend doing the same old, whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.